Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Good morning, Angela. How y'all doing? Feels so good. Thank you. Especially since we can't touch and we're not hugging and I'm not getting to see all my people. So thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Ah, oh, that's dope, Jazz Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We surrender. Good morning, good morning. Thank you, Lord. Hi, Tish. Good morning. So if you did not know, we are live Facebook, Instagram, as well as on our website. You have three platforms that you can watch us on live. And then we upload onto YouTube. And we also have a podcast. So you can listen to us in so many different ways. You can listen to the podcast. The podcast is always kind of like a day behind. So you have so many ways you can listen to us. So if any of you feel like you're fasting, um, then, and you don't want to be on social media, you will not miss anything if you go over to the website. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Lorraine, you might have to shut down and come back in. Sometimes it makes us do that. I don't know why. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Whitney Wright. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I surrender. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hey, Jackie McMillan. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to pray and get started today? Jerrica Carter, I miss you. I miss you so much. Good morning, Christina Beasley. Mm. I'm out of whack. Like, I need some touch, some love, some connection. That is so important. Even though it's not my primary, it's necessary. I'm like, hopefully the Lord will release us to start Bible study soon. Good morning, Demetria. Hey, y'all. Hey, family. Mm. Ready? Let's get our mindset on Christ this morning. And uh, let's get ready to pray. I want to talk to you a little bit about surrendering today, and then we're going to keep chewing on our scripture. Mm, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We just bless you, we just praise you, we just magnify you. I surrender. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Mm. Free. Give. My God, we thank you. We We love you, Lord. We adore you, Father. We lift up your name this morning. Say, thank you, thank you, thank you. My God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We bless your name. We praise you. We glorify you, Lord God. We lift up the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, 
for you are, I am that I am that I am. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord Almighty. You are omnipotent. You are omniscient. You are El Shaddai. You are all we need. My God, Lord God. My God, you are all we need. You are Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides. You are Jehovah Shammah. You are, you are, you are. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are wonderful. You are counselor. You are lion of Judah. You are our strength. My God, you are our presence. Help my God. You are all there that is, that is to come. My God, my God, my, you are our comforter. You are advocate. You are our teacher, Lord God. You are our strength. You are our present help in times of trouble. My God, so I surrender. My God, Lord God, we exalt thee this morning. We exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you. We exalt your name above any other name. My God, we are so grateful for you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You are the wise one, Lord God. You are all that we need, my God. Father God, we lift up our our hands to you this morning. We just wave our hands and praise, Lord God. And we just glorify you. We bind every satanic attack, every plot, every ploy, everything that tries to exalt itself against your name, everything that tries to come against this devotional spirit of darkness. You cannot exist or live here. We drive out the forces of evil right now in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over this devotional today, over our eyes, our ears, our heart, and our mind. And I thank Thank you, Lord God. Our eyes are open. Our spiritual eyes are open. The eyes of our heart are open, Lord God, to receive you this morning, to be renewed in you this morning, Lord God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Come, 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 come. Holy Spirit, come. Angels, we invite you into our day. Lord God, we long for you. We thirst after you, Father God. My God, I speak peace over our day today. Peace over my, our mind. Peace over our spirit. We thank you, Father God, that your justice remains. Your justice is active in our life, that we feel your justice, my God. We, we experience your justice, Lord God. We experience your judgment that is on our behalf, Father God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Health and healing is our portion, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We are right standing with you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We are anchored in our our truth, Lord God, that we are not hostile towards you, Lord God. So Father God, this morning we surrender, we surrender, we surrender, we surrender, we surrender, hands up, knees bowed, Lord God, my God. We surrender to you today, Lord God, my God. We surrender our lives, we surrender our purpose, my God. God. We surrender our idols, Lord God. We surrender our dreams. We surrender our desires. We surrender it all. We surrender every relationship, Lord God. We just lay it all on the altar before you today, my God. Lord God, we surrender ourselves. We 
open our hearts out to you. We drive out every force of darkness, every force of anxiety, every force of confusion, every spirit of confusion. We drive it out right now in Jesus name. My God, we render ourselves useless before you, God. Now fill us up, Lord God. We surrender our agenda to you, Lord God. We don't want to be given over to an earthly agenda anymore, Lord God. We want to walk in your desire for us, Father God. So we surrender it today, Lord God. We just so simply lay ourselves open before you. We lay prostate before you, Lord God. We lay on our face before you, Lord God. My God. Now, Father, show us anything in our heart and in our light life that does not align with your will, Lord God. You told us not to boast in ourselves, to make ourselves more significant than you, Lord God. My God, we honor you today, Lord God, in our thoughts, in our deeds, in our actions, Lord God, in our conversations, Lord God. Let Christ be the center of everything we do, Lord God. My God. So we surrender. We yield ourselves, Lord God. Have your way in our life. Have your way in our marriages. Have your way in our homes. Have your way in our conversations. Have your way, Father God. Let us take our delight in you, Lord God. My God. Let us delight only in the things of you, Lord God. My God. God, my God. And when the winds and the waves, Father God, when they blow, when it looks like it's crashing in, let us be anchored in you, Lord God. Let us be of sound mind. Let us be of good cheer. Let us be of hope, Lord God. Let us be full of your light, my God. We drive anything dark that has been any remnant, any generational curse, anything we've been biting into, anything we've been holding out, we drive it out. We drive out the force of darkness. We drive out the spirit of haughtiness. We drive out the spirit of complacency, Lord God, my God. Right now, we drive out every force of darkness, every demonic entity, everything that has been attached to our life for so long, everything that has been attached to our soul for so long, my God. And we just declare your peace and that our resolve is found peace in our mind, peace in our home, peace on our job, peace in our city, peace in our state, peace in our nation, peace in our world, Lord God. And we surrender to you, Lord God. We surrender to you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your justice is served. My God, we thank you, Father God, that the east wind is judging this thing and the west wind is blowing in our favor, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that we defeat, have defeated coronavirus and we thank you, Father God, that we defeat and it's defeated in racism. We thank you, Father God, that Everything that is tried to rise up against your kingdom, Lord God, that it lay and it bowed down to the name of Jesus. My God, that it bowed down to the name of Jesus, that it bowed down to the name of Jesus, that it bowed down to the name of Jesus. My God, we surrender to you this morning. We surrender to you. We surrender to you, Lord God. Let us be anchored in your truth. Let us be anchored in your peace, Lord God. Let us not be moved by what we see. Let us not be caught up in tension and strife and dissensions and contentions and lewdness and crudeness and sexual immorality, Father God. We drive those things out of our life right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. 
And we thank you, Father God, that your word, that we, that your li our lives line up against your word or amongst your word, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you are revealing to us right now, my God, that you are revealing to us right now anything in our life that does not line up with your word, Lord God. And if, if it is not your will for our life, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are revealing that to us. We thank you, Father God, that we will not live, live in anything less than Lord God. We thank you, Father God. I just want to read this to you. And when you're praying for God to like, and we're going to talk a little bit about surrender. When you are praying for God, and you are believing him and you are asking him to reveal to you things that may be in your nature that do not line up with his word, right? When you're surrendering your soul to him, right? Because our soul is what gets attached to all the funky stuff. We have soul traumas, we have soul ties, we have soul hurts, all of that stuff is attached to us in our souls, right? Those things are attached to us in our souls. And so when we experience all of that stuff in our souls, then sometimes we don't even realize that the things that we have been attached to are not of God. And because culturally things have been acceptable for so long, we walk in them as norms and God is, God is like not pleased, like grace steps in, but God is not pleased because he's told us that we are to live a life by the spirit, right? We are to live a life that is by the spirit, not by the flesh. And so our flesh always gravitates to things that are not like God because it fulfills us in a fleshly way. My God, I just said something there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So our flesh always gravitates to things that are not like God, like, right? Because those things are comfortable, because those things feel good, because those things are the lust of the eye and pride of life. Those things taste like they taste good, like, right? They feel good to our mortal bodies, but they are not good for our spirit. They are not good for our spirit. So we will get attached to things and operate in those things in our norm. And, um, and if the world solidifies it, if the world signs off on it, if it looks like other people are doing it and it looks successful, then it becomes our norm. And we'll be okay with it. And we'll be like, it's no big deal. And the Lord thy God is like, I'm not in any of this. And remember, I prayed for us to have a spirit of discernment because I told you our emotions can push us into a place in which we think that's of God and it's not of God. And it's very emotional and it's attached to emotions and it's tapped to feeling. Can be honest, think about your finances. Think about every financial decision that you made that was emotional. Think about every time that you made financial decisions and that you never really ever saw and asked God, is this best for my finances in this, this season? And then think about when you came back later and had those regrets and was like, I should not have spent money on this. I should not have been wasteful in this season, right? Come back and think about that. Think about all the student loans. It's like, well, Lord told me I was going to play off these student loans. Well, the Lord also told you to be the head and not the tail, to be a lender and not a borrower right? And so if he told you to be a lender and not a borrower, why would God then come back and tell you to acquire all this debt? 
right? So we have to be very careful with the enemy. He's very divisive. He will emotionally speak to you. He can manifest himself and look like an angel and all this other stuff. That's why we can't make rash decisions and choices and all these other stuff. And because most of us have been taught in patience, come on, Holy Spirit, you work this thing on out. Cause most of us have been taught in patience. Most of us have been taught, you know, like to live according to our flesh, our emotions, the things that feel good to us. We never really ever fully surrender to God. Like we never ever fully, we might partially surrender. We might surrender in some areas. And it's really because we never really let God search the deep things of our hearts. And remember I shared, remember, Remember I shared with you and I said the other day, I said, we have layers upon us. So however old you are, there are layers. That's how many layers you have upon you. And so if we haven't been living a life by the spirit, always we are packed layers upon layers upon layers. And so there's soul ties and there's soul trauma. And there are all these things that are attached to our soul that do not and align with the will of Christ. And so we will counterproductively come against God. We will resist God and we will not even realize that we are resisting God and we may not overtly be out our mouths saying oh I resist God we might not be doing it we might not be like oh I'm resisting you Lord God we may not say that but our actions and our deeds come on Lord our actions and deeds show us resisting him by the things that we do right that's how we're resisting him. It'll show us resisting him by the things that we do. There are, our, our, that's, that's what we do. What our actions, even though we may be acknowledging him, Lord, Lord, God bless me and da, 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 boom, 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 boom. But our actions show that we resist him anytime we're not living life by the spirit. And anytime um, we surrender to the flesh, that, that is our actions showing us that we resist him. So I want to tell you, why do you know the, the devil is busy? You have, I don't know why we spend time fighting somebody that's already been defeated. Why? I don't know. I, I haven't figured that out. I don't know why we spend so much time fighting someone that has already been defeated when we need to take our stands in our righteousness. We need to spend more time focusing on who we are in Christ Jesus, because when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you ain't got to fight him. You ain't really, we, 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 because you realize what I'm waging war against is not in my flesh, it's in my spirit. And then I take my spiritual stance and is spiritual warfare real? Yep. But how we win in spiritual warfare is understanding our righteousness and becoming more familiar with who God is because we don't really wage war. We take our stance. <laughs> We don't really wage war. We take our stance. We know who we are. We stand strong in our righteousness, right? We, we stand strong in our righteousness. We stand steadfast in who God says that we are. And so I need to give you this because I don't think we chew on this scripture enough. Second Timothy one and seven says for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. So God did not give us a timid spirit, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You were already innately born 
with power, love, and self-discipline. And so every time we struggle with self-discipline, it's only because the earthly realm, the fleshly realm told us this is what success is or the fleshly realm, the earthly realm told us this is what would satisfy us, right? That this is what, this is what satis, this is, this is what satisfies us. And because those things have become our norm, we kind of live in those. So when we are praying, when we're asking, Lord, search our hearts, when we're in a position and we're really praying for God to be with us. And when we're asking, when we're surrendering ourselves, this is what we're asking. This is what we're surrendering from, right? This is what we're asking God to do. So the first part of this Galatians 5, 16, it tells you live a life by the spirit, right? And if you live a life by spirit, you're not going to do what your sinful nature craves. The sinful natures want to do, wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the spiritual sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not to not free to carry out your good intentions. And this is the new living translation. So these forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So, when we are praying, when we are positioning ourselves, when we are saying, Lord, you know, deal with me. When we are asking God to reveal to us the things in our heart, these are the things that we are asking him to reveal to us, to show us this is how this is attached, right? And can I, can I be honest with you? When we start talking about healing soul trauma and all this, like you've got to get in this position to understand that these things will interfere this ain't nothing but the Holy Spirit. These things will interfere with you really healing the trauma in your soul. These are the things that stand in between you and your healing. Because usually when we are traumatized, we attach ourselves to things that do not line up with the will of God for our life. And because it's been normalcy and we don't recognize it and we don't realize it and it's culturally fine but it's so outside of kingdom. And the only way that we do this is that we have to surrender and submit our flesh to God. And we're going to talk about surrender in just a second. I'm going to give you some scriptures and this still has to do with us renewing our mind. And this still has to do with us. Our righteousness. So when I lay my heart before God, this is what I'm asking God to search, right? I need you to hear me as I'm saying this and let the Holy spirit speak to you and say, you know what? I'm still struggling in these areas. I'm still struggling in these areas. And then you ask the Holy spirit to help you. Anytime you have an area you're still struggling in, you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me in this because that's what grace is for. And this is not, I'm not going to do this anymore, even though you do need to repent and take a stance that you're not going to do it anymore. But what you're asking the Holy Spirit to come in and do is help me with this because this has been tied to my soul for too long. When I was dealing with like, I'm just, I'm just being, I'm just being real. This has been attached to my soul for way, like this has been attached to my soul for too long. And because this has been attached to my soul for too long, it feels normal. It feels like it's supposed to be a part of my life. Nobody even ever really showed it to me. My eyes have not been open to it. I don't have revelation for it, right? When, when I don't have revelation, that's not what I have revelation for. When I was dealing with 
sexual sexual immorality, like sex outside of marriage and all of those things, God had to open the eyes of my understanding because culture said something totally different, right? People, culture taught me, oh, you just do it and then you repent later. But God was saying something deeper. Like God was saying something deeper to me. God was like, God was saying something more. God was saying, this ain't, this ain't of me. Like, right. This is not of me. And so this is how he helped me see it. And this is how I had to begin to pray. I had to begin to pray a certain way and ask the Lord to show me this. And then I had to begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help me with this because I kept falling back into some of the same traps. Uh, I, I mean, I just, I don't know how to be nothing else but real. Like I kept falling back into some same traps of some same things. And so until the eyes of my understanding to the hope and call of who he called me to be in Christ Jesus became my reality, the same cycles, the same positions, the same behaviors kept coming up, but in different forms. It kept coming up, but in different forms, it kept happening. It kept manifesting, but it was coming up in different forms or it would come up in very different ways. It would come up very slick like. And so when I'm praying for my, the eyes of my understanding, that's that Ephesians 1, 15 through 21, that we pray over ourselves. When I'm praying for the eyes of my understanding to be open, to be enlightened to the hope and call of who God called me to be in Christ Jesus so that his resurrecting power could be alive in my life, right? That it could be alive in my life. What I was asking God to do was reveal to me anything in my life that does not line up with your will and then give me the strength to overcome it. That's, that's what you're asking when you're praying this, give me the strength to overcome what's been attached to my life that does not line up with you, right? That does not align up with you that I may have believed that was cultural, that I may have accepted to be truth. And these are not even your truths. This is the norm. And I am not supposed to be on the normal path. I'm supposed to be on the narrow path because wide is the gate to hell, but your path is very narrow and it looks very different and it's traveled by very few people, right? And so when I began to pray and deal with this, this is what I was asking him to deal with or say to me when I was laying my heart open before him. Like when I lay my heart open before you, this is what I'm praying and I'm asking you to reveal in me so that I can, con so that I can walk away from this. So then the trauma in my soul, some of y'all been like, oh my gosh, I keep, re come on, I hear you. I keep repeating these same cycles. I keep wind up in these same places. Well, it's because what's standing in between you and your healing hasn't been revealed and manifested yet. And we don't know how to walk away from this. Right. And we don't know how to separate ourselves from this. And we don't understand his measure of grace. We don't really understand what Jesus was about. We don't understand that the blood is what separates this. And then when we're not properly renewing our mind, it makes us difficult to walk away from this. Right. So, so when I pray, I'm praying Lord God, and I'm asking you to reveal and I'm laying. And here's the thing. I'm not judging myself. I'm not laying before God telling him this is okay. I'm not doing that. I'm not setting my measurements or my standard. I'm not doing that. I'm not coming before him, telling him what's okay. 
I'm laying myself open before him, saying to him, reveal to me what's not okay with you. Reveal to me what you're not acceptable with. Reveal to me, you reveal to me where this is not okay in my life. And then once he reveals something to me and he will reveal to you what he's not okay with if you do not quench him because he's going to reveal it to you in this word because it's in the word. So when I ask you to reveal it to me, Lord, then I'm getting ready to position myself that's why discipleship is so important. That's why teaching is so important. That's why devotional is so important. That's why set time aside from God is so important, right? Because once whatever you are attached to has been revealed to you, <laughs> that you've been, that it's been revealed to you, then what you'll turn around, what, what you'll turn around and do what, once it's been revealed to you, then you're going to be like, okay. And then the Holy spirit, who is your teacher is going to come back and show you how to renew your mind so that your spirit comes alive in the places that it's been dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was not just at the cross. When he got up, you, his resurrection power is alive in you. And so he put you in a position or a place where you could overcome anything that you were attached to. You just got to know what's on inside. So as I'm, as I, as, as I've come into revelation with this, then I renew in my mind. So let's just pray and ask God, can you just close your eyes just for a second? Just close your eyes. Just trust me. I'm not going to do anything strange. And if you need to leave your eyes open, that's fine, but just close your eyes. And as I pray, or as I read these off, right? I want you to let the Holy spirit reveal to you some areas in which you've still been struggling, right? Like, do you just still, there's some areas I've still been struggling with. Do not judge yourself, right? Do not judge yourself and just open your heart and mind to hear what God says to you. And when I read something out, if you feel that <clears throat> in you, if you feel a little a little resistance or a little something in you, then that is the cue that I still got some issues there. And there are some things that I need to, I need to work on, right? There are some things that I might still need to position myself in. There are some things that I might need to still, I need to still deal with. And if I need to deal with those things, this is not a shaming moment for yourself. This is a place in which you're like, you know what? I just got some work I need to do. And Lord, I need you to show me how to work this out of me, right? How to work this out of me. And so I'm going to read it to you. Um, I'm going to read it to you in two versions so that you can just see this. So, so father God, with our hearts open before him, father God, I thank you for who you are. And Lord God, we just ask you to reveal to us the things in our life that do not line up with your word. Father, we want to live a life that is pleasing to you, not to anybody else, Lord God, a life that is pleasing to you, Lord God, <laughs> creating us a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit in us, Lord God. Let us be anchored in your truth. Let us be anchored in your word. Let us find your peace. Even when you reveal it to us, Father, show us anything in our life that is still sexually immoral. Show us anything in our life that is still impure. Show us anything in our life that is still lustful. 
show us anything in our life that is still jealous. <laughs> show us anything in our life that is still of idolatry. Show us anything in our life that is still of sorcery. Show us anything in our life that is still of hostility. Show us anything of in our life that is still quarreling. Show us anything in our life in which we're still operating in jealousy. Show us anything in our life in which we are operating in outbursts of anger. Reveal to us anything in our life in which we are in selfish ambition. Show us anything in our life in which we're still operating in dissension. Reveal to us, Lord, in our life, anything in which we've been operating in division. Show us anything in our life, Father God, in which we've been operating in envy. Show us anything in our life in which we've been operating in drunkenness. Show us anything in our life in which we've been operating in wild parties. Show us anything in our life, Lord God, in which we've lacked self-control. Show us where we've been operating in sensuality. Show us where we've been operating in total irresponsibility. Show us anywhere in our life where we've been believing hearsays. Lord God, we want to only be pleasing to you. So we surrender ourselves to you. My God, in Jesus name. Amen. Right? <laughs> in Jesus name. And if you will just position yourself before him and allow him to reveal to you those things, then what he'll begin to do is, and you give him permission. Remember, I told you God is not a bully and you give him permission to come in and to deal with whatever's in your heart, to deal whatever's in your soul, right? To deal like to deal with whatever's in you that does not line up with his will for God. If you make a decision to surrender, now I'm going to tell you something. It ain't going to feel good at first. <laughs> it's not going to feel good at first. It's not, it's, it's very, it's very sobering to see yourself through God's eyes. It's very sobering to see yourself through the things that he needs to reveal. And it does not always feel good at first, but if you will position himself and allow him to render these things useless in your life. And even if you fall off, if you fall off and we fall off, if you fall off and you get your butt back up and you get your back, your butt back into the face of God and you tell him to help you with this and you keep presenting yourself as a living sacrifice and you keep putting yourself right back on the altar. If you just keep getting yourself back in that position, then pretty soon you're not going to have a taste for this anymore because the holiness of Christ Jesus is what's going to deal with this. It's not something that you can deal with in your own strength. And so if we begin to pray those things and you begin to see those things, then God will begin to reel those things. And then he's going to give you the strength to overcome these things. So I need to give you a few things on surrender, right? I need you to understand what it means to surrender. When we say we're going to surrender to God, we're going to yield to the power, control, and possession of God. 
We're going, that's what we're doing. When I say I'm surrendering, I'm giving up complete trope. I'm giving myself over into the power of God. And I'm going to allow him to put the weight of the glory in my life and being, and honestly, like most of us don't completely surrender right? Cause we feel like we're giving so much stuff up. Right. Right. And because people have taught us that being a Christian is so boring and my life is so far from being boring. Like my life is so fulfilled. Now my life is more fulfilled now than it has ever been. And somebody will tell you that this life in Christ is boring. And I'm telling you that are a liar. I live my best life living and walking in a life that is more surrender. And so when we completely surrender, I'm yielding to the power of God. I'm yielding over to God. I'm allowing God, you know, the key word now is I'm an influencer. That's why I have a hard time with that word. I have a hard time with it because God is the ultimate influencer. I'm giving myself over to the influence of God. And so when I'm, when I go out and I say I'm an influencer, then what I'm saying is I'm yield. I'm, I'm only here on assignment by God. I'm only here to influence on God's behalf. So that means every relationship and everything that I do and everything that I'm attached to should be leading someone closer to Christ and should be drawing me in closer in my relationship with Christ. So if I'm surrendering, I'm relinquishing all rights and all control of my life over to God. And I'm saying without a doubt that God is, that God is the head, the control of my life, right? But a lot of us have a hard time with surrendering. And the reason that we have such a hard time is surrendering is because having some measure of control makes us feel strong, right? So having some measure of control make us feel strengthened. And so it's, I want to control everything because usually so many of us, when we've been out of control, it's just ended up us up in a certain place. Or if I surrendered my life over to people, because many times we surrender our lives over to people. We take, let these rule, these relationships take precedent in our life and we surrender our lives over to people. And because people mistreat us or people don't honor their word or people don't keep their word or whatever else, we are resistant to submitting and surrendering our life to Christ and to God, because we don't under, it, it feels like we're losing control. And when we make a decision to do that, it looks like we're going on a journey and a path in which we have no control, but in all actuality and reality, that is exactly where God wants you. When God started pushing me out the boat, he pushed me. I keep saying I got shoved. When, when, and you, if you've read my book, the launch, you'll understand my story. Like when God started shoving me out the boat saying, come bidding me to come. When he started saying, come here, when he told me to walk out, um, leave and teaching, I was in my 12th year of being a college professor. Um, I just, I loved a college instructor, whatever you want to call it. I loved teaching. It was so, it was looking successful. Um, it was just looking successful. I was in this PhD program at 90 hours. Like everything that I was doing was looking so successful. 
And when God started leading me to walk away, and I always tell people, don't do this unless you know God said this. When God started leading me away from walking away from teaching full time, he wasn't say, saying, come into this world. He wasn't saying, come into my own agenda. He wasn't saying, come into my own lifestyle. He wasn't saying, come into my own thoughts. He wasn't telling me to come into my own. That is not what he was doing. When he started leading me in this direction, he was saying, come to me. And if you go to back to that significant scripture, when Jesus, when Peter is in the boat and Jesus and Peter says to Jesus, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. Right. That was the same way. I was like, if it's you, Lord, go on and call me out here. Well, it was God. Right. And he was like, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. If it's you, Lord, tell me to come closer. And so when I stepped out of the boat, right, when we get into that scripture, Jess, will you find me that scripture? When I, we got into that scripture, when I stepped out in the boat, I had to keep my eyes locked on God because he wasn't calling me into my own plan. And a lot of times we'll hear the calling of God and we'll hear God calling us into something deep and we'll hop our little selves out the boat, but we'll act like Peter and we'll just kind of keep our, we'll get our eyes off of Jesus and then we will begin to sink because we, we walk and we launch out into our own success, into our own measurements, and we're not completely surrendered. We're not completely surrendered. We're not completely surrendered and we're not completely surrendered because if I launch out or I move into what I feel like is comfortable, if I do that, if I move into what I feel like is, is comfortable, then I'm still holding on to some measurement of safety that has absolutely nothing to do with God. So I want to give you another word, which is resistance. <laughs> and so if we're not surrendered, we're resistant. And so when we resist the things of God, when we resist living life by a spirit, this is what resistance means. Resistant means refusal to accept or comply. Refusal to accept or comply. The attempt to prevent something by an action or an argument. So when we are resistant in any area, then we are arguing with God. We are refusing to accept God's will for our life. We are in opposition to God. We are in unwillingness to God. We won't accept what God is saying to us about our life because we feel like what we have to say is way more important. We are reluctant to accept what God is calling us into. We, we lack enthusiasm for what God has said. We are not receptive to what God is saying or bringing us into the truth. So if I'm not surrendered, then I'm resistant, right? And when God is just like he did with Peter, bringing us into a place of calling us into something deeper, right? And we are not fully surrendered. Then we begin to make up the success of what our relationship is supposed to look like in him. And then that becomes our truth and they become half truths, right? So let me read that a little bit to you. When he tells them to walk, it says, Jesus walks on water. This is the amplified. It says immediately he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the sea of Galilee while he sent the crowds away. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was already a long distance from land, tossed and battered by the waves. 
for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, which is a whole nother story. I don't understand, but I get it and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear because they had just left Jesus and saw a numerous amount of miracles. It says, but immediately he spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. He had to make himself known to them again. And then he said, and then Peter replied, Lord, if it's really you command me to come to you on water. He said, which many of us would do Lord, use me, open my life, use me. Let me be your servant. Like we do that all the time. And then he says, but when he saw the effects of the wind, right? And if anybody has ever been in wind before and wind is blowing really hard, you feel like you have absolutely no control, right? Like you feel like you absolutely have absolutely no control. So it says, but when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him. Jesus always has us. I love that. I love God's grace. That's an example of grace saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then the, and in the boat, they worshiped with awe and reverence saying, truly, you are the son of God. When they crossed over the sea, they went. So here's the point behind this. When God is calling us into something, something deeper, you know, all of this stuff doesn't always look like it's going to line up to that part. But if we are in a surrendered life to him, when our life is surrendered to him, we are more familiar. We understand his character. We understand who he is. We understand the nature of God. That's why it's so important for us to renew our mind. Anytime we are not in in surrender, we are in resistance. We are not in acceptance of what God is saying to us in this season, what God is saying to us about our lives and what God is requiring to us. And most of the time that's because most of us have built resistance almost all of our lives, right? So I want to go back. I love God's grace too. I want to go back. I got a little bit more to give you to chew on today because we're still in renewing our mind. We're still over here in first Peter. I just love how God takes us on this journey and pulls on us so that we can get revelation of who we are in our word. But it is so important for us to understand God's love and the significance of who he is in our life and what he's what he's saying for us. So we had started reading first Peter. We had got to the fifth verse. I want to read a little bit more to you out of Peter. And then I'm going to give you um, a couple of things on surrender. So this is the 13th verse and it says, so prepare your minds for action. So prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-discipline, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God. It does not say fix your hope on anything else. It says fix your hope completely on the grace of God, right? That's why I told you once God reveals to you something in your heart, once God reveals to you your purpose, you're to fix your heart on the grace of God. Go back to the scripture that I just read you, right? That's first Peter. That's, this is the amplified. That's first Peter 13, um, first chapter and the 13th verse, first Peter one and 13, starting at the 13th verse. So it says, fix your hope on the grace of God. Now go back to the scripture. I just read to you in Matthew. Remember when Jesus said to him, Oh, you of little of faith, right? 
He said, you did not believe. Anytime we do not believe, we take our eyes off God, right? We take our eyes off grace. We forget that it's his grace that's sufficient for us. Even when we are in trouble, God's grace is sufficient. Even when it's overwhelming, even when it's consuming, God's grace is sufficient, right? We are here by grace. We are established in grace. So it says, fix your eyes on the grace, on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed, right? And we're going to pause right there. So we, we've got to fix our eyes on the grace of God. We've got to go back and fix our eyes and go, oh my gosh, where have I not been fixing my eyes on the grace of God? Because anytime I'm not fixed on the grace of God and I understand the measurement of who Christ Jesus is, right? So it tells me, gird up the loins of my mind. Gird up the loins of my mind, be sober and rest my hope upon the grace that is revealed to me in Christ Jesus. So if I don't understand his grace, then I've got to do what? Sober up and renew my mind in the word of God so that I can begin to understand his grace, right? Right? So that I can begin to, oh my gosh, I've got to begin to understand my grace. And we're going to chew through the next part of this because it tells us to be holy for he is holy and all of these other things. I don't want to go too far, but today I've got to fix my eyes on the grace. I've got to fix myself on Christ Jesus. I got to have my eyes locked in on him. I got to make my decision to become sober, to renew my mind in the word so that I'm not like Peter when the winds and the waves obey that I begin to sink or I take my eyes off Christ. But it, but it starts, it starts with me dealing with any issues in my heart so that I can understand the measure of God's love for me. Because if I don't get my, the measure of my, his love, if I don't, am I, if I'm not a captive audience, grace is his love, grace is his love, grace is his love. If I'm not a captive audience to his grace and I understand his love, I won't keep pressing in my God. I won't keep pressing in. If he's not being revealed to me in the word, I will take on any heresies, any doctrines. I will take on any revelations. I will take on any truth and it will not even line up with the word of God. It will not line up with the word of God, but it will have been my truth and I will be operating. And God is trying to reveal to you. I'm not even in that. It's kind of witchy. It's not my doctrines. It's not my truth. And I gave you yesterday. If you didn't see it on discernment, go back and watch the video yesterday so that God can, can increase your discernment so that your emotions are not leading you into anything that's not of God. God will avail the truth to you. There is no way that you pray God for God to reveal the truth and he does not pray. There is no way you pray for God's will to be done in your life and his will not be done. There's no pray way you pray and ask God to reveal himself to you and he will not reveal himself to you. There is no way that you ask God to deal with your heart and he won't deal with your heart. Those are things that you can pray successfully and God will always answer those prayers. And if you render yourself useless, if you submit, if you surrender, to your, his authority, you will see the hand of God like never before. I love you. I love you. That's good, right? I love you. That's good. That's something to chew on. That's something that's noteworthy. That's something, um, that's it. So 
Anybody need a fresh start? <laughs> Anybody need a fresh start? Anybody need a fresh start? We always need a fresh start. And so if you're looking for a fresh start this morning, I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and take away my sins. I promise to love and to follow as best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. And Romans 10 and 13 says, for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is nothing wrong with you acknowledging every day, Jesus, I need more of you. I need more of you. I need to experience your saving grace and your power. And if you do that and you position that in your heart, then God, yeah, yeah. Then God will begin to do a greater work with you and then ask him, help me help, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. He says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? Deliver us from evil. I don't know why we don't ask God that. Hey, I need you to deliver us from evil. When Jabez prayed, God enlarge my territory. Father God, expand me. He also said, and he said, and keep me out of harm and keep me from evil and keep me from doing evil to someone else. God is looking for that transparency and that level of prayer from us. My God, keep me from evil. So, right. And that, and when you do that, when you, when you ask Jesus to give me more of you, when you position and let him work those things out in your heart. And when you understand, you keep your eyes fixed on grace. This is why Jesus died for me. Right. So when my sin comes up and it's going to come up, then I come back and I say without a doubt, no, this is why Jesus died for me. I'm dead to this. Jesus, give me your holiness. This is why Jesus died for me. I'm dead to this right? I'm dead to this. I'm dead to this. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. And if you'll begin to position yourself in it, you'll become dead to this because whatever we meditate on, whatever we meditate on is what we're going to become. And I promise you, you begin to experience the supernatural power of God in your life. And it happens daily. You just got to make yourself and remind yourself to be anchored in your truth. I love you. Oh, they, I'm sorry. One more thing. Will you consider becoming a partner of this ministry? <laughs> Will you consider partnering? Go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. You can see all the ways that we serve our community. Um, you can see all the way that partnership benefits us. It benefits you. I just want you to consider partnering with this ministry so that we can continue to get the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But more than anything, God loves you. He continues to love you even in your worst places. I'm the, I'm the evidence of that because I was a hot mess. I was a hot mess and God loves you. He loves you so big. So do me a favor. Go be loved today. Let someone else experience the love of God through you. Why? It's kingdom, baby. And I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Bring someone in. Let's chew on this word of God. Let's understand our righteousness. Let's become who all we're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. Love you so much. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.